today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. And he says, I'm going to multiply the seed that you've sown. So I've got to be faithful in those first things. And then he's going to multiply it. Why? Because he's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. When we sow the right seeds, we reap a right harvest. And in this case, when we are sowing the seeds of faithfulness to the Lord's kingdom, to the Lord's call in our life, He's going to give us a great harvest within our lives and a harvest of righteousness in our own lives and, and because we've done the right thing. We've done the godly thing. When it comes to the topic of giving, people may get uncomfortable. Pastor David says teaching on giving is not easy, yet the exploration of our financial stewardship can lead us to a deeper walk with God. Therefore, you must evaluate whether you're being obedient to God in the use of your finances and giving. Whether you have an abundance of wealth or are on a tight budget, this is an opportunity to surrender more of your life to God and receive greater peace and contentment. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message, Financial Blessings. Am I using God as a vending machine in my mind? If I put in the right thing, push the right button, then God's gonna give me what I want. You see, that, that works in some minds. It, it, our, our minds get all spun up. And unfortunately, there's a lot of preaching from a lot of pulpits that in essence declare that kind of a thing. God promises spiritual benefits. The problem is, is too often the church doesn't understand what a spiritual benefit is. Well, isn't a brand new car a spiritual benefit? <laughs> you know, man, I, I, I want to get that bigger house. Isn't that a spiritual benefit? I can minister more with that bigger house. Or, well, yeah, never mind. We'll, we'll just move on from there. When our focus is right, we're going to understand that the spiritual benefits that we do receive far outweigh any financial benefit that we may have considered. There's some ministries that say, hey, if you, if you give 10, God will give you 100. And so if you mail me $100, God's going to bless you financially, that tenfold thing. Beloved, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times I say, okay, yeah, man, I'd love to have that. But the real truth of the matter is, I'd much rather have a spiritual benefit than a financial benefit. Because that financial benefit, that's going to burn up with the using. That spiritual benefit, though, that increases with the, with the use. 
Do you realize that? Spiritual benefits in our life. The more we use those spiritual benefits, they increase, they multiply within our lives. You get a financial benefit, you're gonna go through that. But God promises, again, that spiritual blessing. In the midst of our giving, you need to understand, God is all about blessing. God desires to bless. And if he's led you to give a certain percentage, if he Catch that. If he has led you to give a certain percentage or a certain amount in the areas of ministry, then, beloved, in accordance with God's word, I'm going to tell you he will supply all of your needs. The word of God tells us that God is able to make grace abound toward you and that you, having all sufficiency in what? All things may have an abundance of every good work. You say, Pastor, so if I've decided that we're going to give a certain percentage, then God's going to give me back that plus more to supply all my financial needs? That's not what I said. He will supply your needs. And perhaps your need is to understand, I didn't need that anyway. That that I gave to the Lord, I didn't need that anyway. Paul quotes from Psalm 112 when he says, he is dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor and his righteousness endures forever. What do you mean he's given to the poor? How does God give to the poor, church? Any, any responses? How does God give to the poor? Through us, through the non-poor. Actually, he probably gives more to the poor from the poor than he does from the rich, and we looked at that last week. It's not the rich that give. It is usually those that are lesser in income that give more. But he gives to the poor through his servants. He blesses us for what reason, church? To bless others. He blesses you to bless others. He blesses you to bless others. And if we could get that into our head, instead of stockpiling, we start thinking, wow, Lord, I, I, I've got this. There's a need over here. Let me, man, I, I, I just want to bless them. There's a need over there. I, I just want to bless them. You know, again, the, the word that says more blessed to receive than give. Is that what it says? No. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because I think that there's then a, a twofold thing. It is the blessings of God that come, and it's the joy of seeing that you're helping someone. Whereas you simply receive, it's like, okay, I'm going to burn that up pretty quick. But in the giving, it's a greater, a greater work of God in our life. Paul gives his assurance to the church, both then in Corinth as well as right here today, Calvary of Casa Grande, that God is able to meet all of your needs just as he told even the Philippian church in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your finances. No, that's not what he says. All of your relationships, no. All the health that you want, no. He says, all of your needs according to his riches in glory. 
Does that mean God's got a lot of money up in glory? No, I'm not even going there. Again, we're talking about the spiritual impact of what God wants to do in our lives. When we ourselves become faithful and obedient servants of the Most High, when we become faithful and obedient servants of the Most High, God's blessings come to us. God's blessings come to us. We may be dirt poor, church, but if we are faithful and obedient in our walk in Christ, God's blessings are gonna be ours. Probably some of the most, man, fulfilled and peaceful people you might meet are the ones that don't have much finances because they're not struggling, they're not worrying about this and holding on to that. They're, man, they're just trusting the Lord in the midst of it. It truly is God who is the giver of all things. And that's exactly what James tells us in James 1. He says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation, there's no shadow of turning. So Paul gives what could be considered this blessing to the church here in verse 9. Listening to the blessing, and I, and I could just see, I was like on, on a Sunday after the service and the blessing that I would give to the congregation, I could almost see Paul in this, almost lifting his hands to the church there in Corinth as, as he writes or as he dictates to someone as they write. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgivings through us to God. What an awesome word picture that is that, that Paul paints for them there. He who supplies seed to the sower. The, the seed, guess, guess where the seed comes from, church? It comes from a previous harvest a previous harvest. And that seed that is now yours, interesting to, to, to look at the ancient farmer. He always had to hold back from previous harvests in order to have the seed for the next harvest. And who supplies that seed? The Lord himself. In our own lives, man, the testimony of our own lives, our own faithfulness and little things to where he makes us responsible for greater things. And so again, we are able to bless more because we've been blessed more. And he's given us those seeds, not to hoard, not to keep, but now to be able to sow those seeds, sowing them in righteousness. He who supplies bread for food, where does the bread come from? Oh yeah, the bread also comes from a previous harvest. Not the next one. If I need bread right now, that wheat out in the field that hasn't even uh, germinated yet, that's no good. I've gotta go back to the wheat that I've got stored because I've been faithful in the past. I have the blessings of the past that are feeding me even now. Seed for the next harvest, bread from the previous harvest. Now may he supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Now it's interesting. I, I love when the scriptures use those words, add to or multiply. Add to or multiply. Now in this case, he's saying, 
may he supply and multiply the seed that you've sown. If I were to come and I were to give you a gift and I said, you know what, here's a gift, but I want to add to that gift. You think, oh, that's nice. But if I came over here and I said, now here's a gift, but now I'm going to multiply that gift. Which would you rather have, the one that's added to or multiplied to? Okay, for all of us math wizards, we have to think about it for a moment. But then all of a sudden I realized, no, I want it multiplied. And that's what he does. The seeds that I sow in my lame brain way of sharing my faith or encouraging someone or teaching someone in, in the word or trying to disciple or mentor, I can just see God says, man, that's, a, that's an effort, David. Might, might not even be a good effort or, or a gallant effort, but I'm going to multiply what you just did in their lives. You spoke one or two words. I'm going to now multiply into their lives. There's going to be more seed. But you know what? We're called to sow that first seed. We're called to sow that seed. And he says, I'm going to multiply the seed that you've sown. So I've got to be faithful in those first things. And then he's going to multiply it. Why? Because he's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. When we sow the right seeds, we reap a right harvest. And in this case, when we are sowing the seeds of faithfulness to the Lord's kingdom, to the Lord's call in our life, he's going to give us a great harvest within our lives and a harvest of righteousness in our own lives and, and because we've done the right thing. We've done the godly thing. And you might think, well, this harvest of righteousness, how does that deal with this idea of stewardship? It all ties together. It ties together because my focus is on the Lord. My desire is to please Him. He's directing me in, in every area of my life, including in my stewardship of my life. And when I'm faithful in the stewardship of my life and I'm doing the things and sowing the things, then you know what? Within my own life, I, man, I start living a life more honoring to him in every area of my life. Those other areas that I've been struggling in, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get right in this area, man, he strengthens me. And our own walk becomes more stable. But I can guarantee you, if we are disobedient in those areas of stewardship, then we're going to have struggles in other areas of our lives. We need to remember obedience and faithfulness. They have their own reward. And that reward is the fruits of righteousness in our lives when we're doing the right thing. Oh, I know that my righteousness is found in Christ. I understand that, church. But I also know that we're supposed to live righteously. And there's supposed to be righteous fruits from our lives in the things that we do. And I believe that's what he's speaking here. We are enriched in everything. And with that kind of a lifestyle, with those godly choices within our lives, then beloved, we are going to be receiving the blessings of God in our lives in areas that we didn't even expect 
We didn't, man, I, I had no idea. I'm, I'm over here and I'm trying to do the right thing before God over here. And look what God has done in this area of my life. I was, man, that, that was like on the back burner of my life because I was so focused on honoring him in my life. And now he's blessing me in areas I could have never expected. This isn't a promise, again, this is not a promise of financial or even material blessings, church. Now that may come, but it's not a promise of that, despite what the word faith teachers proclaim on a continual basis. This is a promise of God's blessings and presence in our lives. And he says with all liberality, God blessing us in order that we might be a blessing to others in liberality. And he says, and that causes thanksgiving through us to God. Church, we need to realize in the grand scheme of all of what we're looking at here, when we are willingly faithful in these things, in the stewardship of our time, our talents, and yes, our financial treasures, there is a powerful work that the Holy Spirit does within our hearts. Not giving to get, but again, living in obedience out of love. And the Holy Spirit begins to do that work. And one portion of that work is the growing realization of how empty the things and the pleasures of this world can make us. If I'm honoring God in my life, suddenly I start realizing, man, that that I've been pursuing here, that's just drained me and it leaves no lasting satisfaction. How much, is, how much is enough of this world's goods? The world says, just a little bit more. And the world is never satisfied. But you and I, we need to find our satisfaction, not in the things of this world, but in our relationship with Christ, in order that we might say like Paul, man, I've, I've, I've found out that in whatever state I'm in, I want to be content, just as Bob was teaching Sunday about being content in our lives. The struggle in so many believers' lives is because we fail to find contentment in the things of the Lord. We want to find contentment in the things of this world. We want to find contentment in relationships. We want to find contentment in the accolades of man. Oh, good job, good job. And we're, we're content with that. But what about just being content in our relationship with Christ? Even though all the rest of this stuff isn't there. And everybody in the world says, wow, you need to get this. And you need, just like, again, I love what Bob was saying. Man, the, the merchandising of the world, and we are so drawn to that rather than just being content in the Lord. When we hold tirelessly onto the treasure of this world, guess what? we lose the grip of the blessings of heaven. The more we grab for this world, the less we receive of the blessings of heaven. Paul tells us real quick, verse 12. He says, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men 
and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. He is in essence saying, he tells them that through their fulfillment of the promises of the gifts that they had said that they were gonna do last year, not only were they supplying the needs of the saints, but they were also causing this abounding uh, thankfulness to God in their lives. And check this out, once again, driving this home, when the dynamics of our faithful obedience, our faithful stewardship, and a heart of liberality, when all of these converge in our lives to bless someone in need or in the supporting of a ministry situation, then we see this fourth dimension coming into play, and that's the glory of God being exalted in the lives of both the givers and the ones that receive. The ones who are living their lives in that faithful obedience, faithful stewardship, with that heart of liberality, we experience, you will experience again, the hand and the presence of God as you surrender into his care every aspect of your life, every bit of your life. I don't know if you got it yet or not, folks, but this isn't about money. This is about obedience of lives. This is about surrendered lives to the Lord. He says it blesses in regards to this, both the givers and those that are receiving. One glorifies God because he's fully surrendered. The other glorifies God because he's experienced the faithfulness of God's hand. Those that are giving us, man, I'm fully surrendered and I'm just, I'm just receiving the presence of God in my life because I'm surrendered in every area of my life. And man, I'm giving glory to God and thanks to God. And that's just the way that I live. And the other one, because of the great need that they had, suddenly that need was being taken care of by a brother they, they don't even know that lives in a whole nother country across the Aegean Sea, across the Mediterranean and the Aegean Sea, all the way over in Greece. And again, and they're saying, man, God, you are so good. You're so good. So both in the giving and the receiving, God is glorified in that. That's why Paul can confidently say that through the administration of this service, through the administration of this gift, there is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. And then verse 15, the last of this chapter. I think Paul, again, just kind of summarizes the whole thing here. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift. I believe that, that uh, again, yes, absolutely, the exceeding grace of God, that's an indescribable gift. But also the fact of God's provisional care for all of his children. That when I live my life for his glory, when the things of this world become less and less and less and the things of his kingdom become more and more and more, then I start experiencing the power of his presence in my life more and more and more. And the cares and the concerns and the frustrations and the weariness of this world become less and less and less. The cry of my heart is Maranatha, even so. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, because this old world ain't got nothing for me here.
We're so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a church home and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. When we began The Open Word radio ministry, our heart's desire was to get the message of God's kingdom and His grace to as many as possible. We knew that there'd be many who wouldn't come through the church door, but would perhaps tune into a radio program and be challenged and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit through the teaching of God's Word. God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. And yet, as with any ministry endeavor, there are expenses that happen through the production and distribution of these messages. If God has blessed you with the teaching, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in a financial commitment to the ministry of The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help the message of God's grace extend and grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 2 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word. Make us more and more.